Hey there, this is Andrew, and I am bringing you a Winds of Exchange deck review. And this is actually going to be the, I, probably the next series of deck reviews that I do are going to be on uh, some decks that we opened to play in local sealed in person. So uh, just a quick background on the circumstances, I guess. You know, I managed to uh, really, thanks to help from friends in the Ancient Bear Republic team, both lending me pieces for my uh, Alliance Standard deck and helping Theorycraft, uh, I was able to make top four there in uh, Keyforge Celebration. And uh, at Keyforge Celebration, you get, you we got, we each got two decks for showing up. Um, they opened it up to buy more and you could get them as prizes. Anyway, uh, in the end, I had enough uh, decks available coming home from there to to do a local sealed uh, play. And so folks in my store got together and, and we, we actually had 10 people. Um, two, so eight of the decks were um, from my stash and then two were from uh, Flaming Hobo, Devon. And, um, so, uh, yeah, it, the deal though was I, I got to keep the decks. I, I wasn't, you know, giving them away, which maybe it's a little selfish on my part, but I just felt like, Hey, I, um, for now, these are pretty hard to come by. I, I, I kind of want to have the option to keep them. Um, I did let my daughter pay me ahead of time for hers. Uh, before she opened it and uh, worked out great for her because she ended up winning the event. So uh, so she went 4-0 and maybe um, at some point I'll get her on here to go over her deck with me. But for now, I'm going to go over some of the other decks. And uh, with mine, I know what's in it. So I put the cards in order <clears throat> as, you know, as they are on the list. But with the other ones, I'm just going to go through them as they're all shuffled up and find what, what they are. Because I, I saw some of them, but actually haven't seen all of them so it'll be a little more of a those will be a little more of a surprise reveal but i played uh like six games with this deck at this point and this is this deck that i'm going to start with mine uh, i went three one with i only lost to to ali and uh this deck seems good so we'll go over that and uh and then like i said in the coming weeks i'll i'll plan to put up reviews of of the other decks so okay so this is de burville the artisan of defeat and it has brobnar uh equidon and unfathomable and i actually on the way maybe it was on the way there i was talking to ali and saying you know i think that um it, it might be the case that uh these are the three best houses in the set um they're certainly all pretty good so all right, um, and the token creature that I got was Grumpus. Grumpus is a two-power beast with splash attack one, and this worked out well. I mean, this is uh, this is a pretty good creature. I think um, I think Skirmisher might be better, but uh, but there's some good options with Grumpus, and um, and I definitely think Berserker is better. But oh well, Grumpus is still pretty cool. So okay. Let's get into it. Uh, so we'll start with Brobnar. 
and this is the only rare I got in Robinar here, Endless Hordes. Endless Hordes is, is a really good card. It is an action that says play for each enemy creature, make a token creature, ready it, and have it fight that enemy creature, ignoring taunt. Resolve these fights one at a time. And um, if you get this with one of the Brobnar tokens, it's going to be, you know, a, a pretty much a one-sided board wipe because, you know, Grumpus, you're doing, you have the splash attack going on, skirmishers, you have skirmish, so you're doing damage, but, um, but you're going to be left with your token creatures at the end. Uh, there's, um, you know, there's a, uh, there's a Brobnar creature that gives all your creatures splash attack one. So you could have Grumpuses with splash attack two or skirmishers with splash attack one. Uh, Berserkers are just going to wipe anything. So it's, it's pretty impressive what you, what this does. And it really is one side. Now, the one issue you could run into is uh, tokens are affected by the rule of six. So if you have, you know, if your opponent has eight creatures on the board, you're going to make eight tokens, but you're only going to be able to use six of them. The rest will fail. So that's that's just worth noting. That's a little weird. Um, it actually would make sense to me if a card like this said ignoring rule of six, because uh, that seems more in the spirit of it. But um, anyway, as it is, rule of six would limit this. But it's, it's still, it's very good. Okay. Let me move myself out of the way. Then uh, we have Earthshaker. Earthshaker is uh, an old card. It's a seven power giant that says play, destroy each creature with power three or lower. Um, that seems fine. One important thing to note though is Earthshaker will kill all the tokens. So I, I feel like that's another reason the bigger Brobnar tokens, Warrior and Berserker, are a little more desirable is that Earthshaker won't kill them. Obviously, you know, you're not going to get Earthshaker in every deck, but it is nice if Earthshaker doesn't kill your own tokens. Now, you can imagine either of these cards, Endless Hordes or Earthshaker, with a token like um, like Prospector, where, I, I, if I'm remembering right, that's the Star Alliance one that's destroyed draw one, uh, and suddenly you have a draw engine in Brobnar. But um, anyway... Uh, yeah, so Earthshaker, in one game I actually ended up discarding the Earthshaker because I had so many Grumpuses out. Alright, then we have Feet of Strength. This is an action with an amber that says play for the remainder of the turn. Each time an enemy creature is destroyed in a fight, make a token creature. This is real good because this <clears throat> helps, you know, okay, you're fighting, you're losing stuff, but you are refilling your board with tokens. So... That is very nice. Ged Hammer, uh, very cool here. A five-power giant Brocken, so a band member, that says destroyed, ready, and enrage each other friendly Brobnar creature. Um, so, uh, yeah, that that's strong. And especially, you know, we have some other big Brobnar creatures uh, that can be used to do board control, but also this can suddenly make give you a reap engine. Um, because even though you are enraging the Brobnar creatures, there's a decent chance that by the time you're smashing Gedhammer into something, there's not a lot of your opponent's board left. And so, so that now enraged creatures could actually reap. Um, and uh, so the question, one of the questions becomes, how can I... Um, how can I use this on the turn I play it? Because it is actually a little bit of a liability to leave out. Because if, if your opponent destroys it on their turn, your Brobnar creatures 
become ready, which they already were, and get enraged, which is worse. So, um, so you really want to have a way to destroy this on the turn you play it. And luckily, there are some ways. Um, are there at least, I think there are three ways in this deck. So I'll I'll go over. I'll call each of them out as they come. Uh, okay, Shattered Throne is back. I love this card. It's an artifact with an amber. It's a location, and it says after a creature is used to fight, it captures one. Um, that That's awesome. Um, again, probably even better with, like, Skirmisher, because um, the Grumpuses end up getting killed, but, uh, but still very good, and there's plenty of other stuff in here that can fight. Okay, Fresh Marks is real good this is an action with an amber it says play destroy a friendly creature if you do exalt three enemy creatures so the interesting thing here is um if you have this with an empty board it's just get an amber okay that's fine um you're deciding your turn order so oftentimes if you're going into a brobner turn your opponent will have some creatures and uh so fresh marks can be useful that way um because you you get to use it and then fight um and in fact it it pairs well with get hammer i hadn't even realized this before uh i i never used this combo but i could certainly imagine a situation where you reap with your brobnar and then uh play the fresh marks destroying the get hammer exalting three enemy creatures readying and enraging all your brobnar and then you go fight um to get that amber so and if you think about it you know uh at the end of the day compared to similar cards like uh, Carpe Winnem and uh, and Blood Money, this is giving you four Amber in the end, whereas Carpe Winnem only gives you two, Blood Money only gives you two. Blood Money's slightly better because your opponent only has to have one creature for it to work. Um, but at the end of the day, this, this has a max value of four. If your opponent has one creature, it's giving you two at the cost of one of your creatures again. But still, I think it's it's pretty good. So I, I think this is a fantastic card. Fresh marks. Okay. Then, uh, then you have Jarl Svend, who is a seven power giant that says, and, and that's big, seven power is pretty big. After an enemy creature is destroyed fighting Jarl Svend, make a token creature. Uh, and then in parentheses, your Alsven must survive the fight. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not surprising. So after an enemy creature is destroyed, fighting your Alsven, make a token creature. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's really nice. So you know you can sometimes ready it with the Ged Hammer uh, against enemy token creatures. You could get several fights out of this, getting good value. Um, but even if you just you know swing into a five which I did many times, you know, taking out a Mix the Tall-Minded or a Mesmerist. Uh, you swing into this, you make a token creature, you still have this big seven on the board. It's a pretty good deal. Okay, so we covered one way to kill the Ged on the turn it's played. Here's another way, Might Club. It's an artifact and weapon. It's an a It has action, ready, and enrage a creature. This fills a similar role to Gauntlet of Command, but it does not enable house cheating. Um, you're readying and enraging a creature, so as long as you have a Brobnar creature, this is fine, right? Uh, you ready it, you can you can fight with it, um, you can't reap with it if there's an enemy creature, but if there isn't an enemy creature, go ahead. Um, but yeah, it is slightly, I would say it's slightly worse than Gauntlet of Command because it does not enable cross-house use, 
and in the case where your opponent has no board, yeah, you can ready and you get to reap, but then the creature's left enraged, um, which in the case of a Robnar creature is probably fine, but it, it just constrains you actually a little more. So I think this is, I think this is strictly worse than Gauntlet of Command, actually. Okay, then we have Pelf. This is a three-power goblin with Skirmish that says after fight, your opponent loses one amber. Uh, it has a capture icon um, from another card. Um, interestingly, I don't think Brobnar historically has a ton of Skirmish. Um, so it's it's actually, this is really nice. It works great with that Shattered Throne. Um, and you get to choose uh, the order, right? So um, you can make them lose one, and then you capture one. So if they only had one, you make them lose and fail to capture, which is probably better. Um, yeah, this is a really nice card. I like it. I like Pelf. And that's a common. Then we have uh, two copies of Pound. Pound is back from Age of Ascension. It's an action with an amber that says play, deal two damage to a creature with one splash. That's really solid. Um, nice board control there. Uh, and then we have Shock Herder a three power goblin with deploy and play ready and fight with a neighboring creature. So it's a slightly larger uh, gray rider essentially, but it doesn't have that reap ability, um, but still very nice in Brobnar and a little bit of an improvement over Ganger Chieftain in my opinion, because, uh, because of that deploy, even though it gets downgraded on the power a little bit. Um, and so this is another way to kill the, the Ged. Uh, the get hammer on the same turn in which you played it play it and then shock herder it into something where they trade and then you ready uh all your other brobnar creatures including shock herder so that can be quite a good deal um and this does enable house cheating you can use an out of house creature with this okay that's that's a pretty good brobnar now like i don't have a brick nasty in here there's some things that could make it better uh but i still i still really like it um, it's very active uh, and really helps build that token board. Okay, on to Equidon. We'll start with this card that I uh, I don't feel great about, the Amber Road. Um, I, I never had this win me a game, I'll put it that way. So it's an artifact, it's a location, and it has Omni put one trade counter on the Amber Road, then gain one Amber for each trade counter on it, give control of the Amber Road to your opponent. So this is really interesting because obviously um, <clears throat> you're, the first time you use it, you gain an Amber, that's fine. Um, and then you're giving it to your opponent. It's going to stay exhausted at the end of your turn because it's now under your opponent's control. Um, and what that means is they're not going to be able to use it for a turn. It'll skip turns. Um, it's essentially every three turns it can be used, right? I use it on, let's say I use it on turn three, uh, then um, you can't use it on turn four. It readies though, then on my turn five, or I don't have it, and then on your turn six, you use it. So it's every three turns a player can use it, and it's alternating players. And the number is going up every time. And, um, Anyway, I guess if you have Amber Control, this could be really good. Um, I don't have a lot of Amber Control in this deck, and so this ended up not being as good. Um, Shattered Throne was really my, my option. So um, my first, I think the first game I played last night, I ended up using this like once, and I won. The, then we like played again for fun, and I got it out earlier and lost partially because of it. So... Um, 
yeah, kind of a, a card to be careful with. Uh, okay, outposts seem all good. Uh, and Equigi Outpost is no exception to that. This is an artifact with an amber. It's a location, and it has action. Put a friendly creature on the bottom of its owner's deck. If you do, draw three cards. Um, that's super good. Um, a, a couple reasons why outposts are good, and I think um, I'll probably end up talking about this more in depth at some point, but um, there's a couple interesting things that are going on. One is because you can target token creatures, um, if you're putting a, a if you can put a token creature on the bottom of your deck, it means that you're a little safer against. Okay, here's a really high impact action. Let's say that that came out. I can tuck it under the deck with the outpost, and now I'll get access to it later. Um, versus it just being used as a token creature and going to the discard pile. Um, yeah, so that can be really useful. In addition to that, there's a there's a I guess a second layer you can go into where you're shaping the bottom of your deck. If you're constantly putting, just like you would want to put cards from the same house in your archives if you can help it, so that you aren't tempted to take your archives on other turns, but then when you go into that house, you can kind of have a super turn. With the outpost, you can tuck cards from the same house on the bottom of your deck, so that when you get to the bottom of the deck, you can kind of have a, a super turn from what you drew there. Um, the, also, just having the knowledge of it can be really good. Uh, okay, so uh, this one, so all the outposts say action, put a friendly creature on the bottom of its owner's deck. If you do, comma, and then effect. And the effect for Equigi Outpost is draw three cards, which is good. Three cards is enough that you're likely to get a card that you can use. Okay. Then we have Nifflepaw. It's an upgrade with an amber that gives a creature after reap, destroy this creature and attach Nifflepaw to another creature. That's a fun one. Uh, in my experience, it mostly ends up creatures get used to fight and it gets discarded, but it's still um, kind of a fun uh, effect there. Uh, then we have out negotiate. This is an action with an amber. Um, this has been worse in experience than in theory for me, but maybe I just need to play it more. Um, and maybe maybe it'll be better out of set. Anyway, uh, it's an action with an amber. When you play it, you choose a card in your opponent's discard pile. Steal one amber equal to the number of bonus icons. Steal amber equal to the number of bonus icons on that card, and put that card on the bottom of its owner's deck. Um, the problem is that most of the time this is steal one, put a card on the bottom of of the owner's deck. So so you're um so you end up uh you end up stealing one, putting a card on the bottom, and you're probably just trying to pick a, a not very good card to give them later. Um, so there's a little bit of nuance there, but not enough for it to be really good. Obviously, against a fertility chant, this could be amazing, but um, in this case, yeah, it just hasn't been seemed that good. Uh, okay, Trade Secrets is an action. When you play it, you discard any number of Equidon cards from your hand. Steal one Amber for each card discarded this way. I had one turn where I discarded out Negotiate because I'm thinking, okay, I'm turning it from gain Amber, steal one, put one on the bottom of the deck to just steal one. Um, so I get less, but my opponent doesn't get that card back. Um, and discarded the Amber Road that way too, and I was pretty happy.
but overall this doesn't seem great unless you can get good draw if you if you're getting good draw this is amazing and this deck i had okay draw but not but not amazing and obviously because of the equity outpost being the draw engine it's not like building up to a great equidon turn it, it's only what i get during the equidon turn okay then we have the belligerent guard uh <clears throat> belligerent guard is an eight power giant that enters play ready and when you after you play it your opponent draws a card that's it's really fun and feels good for both players i think equidon in general really feels good for both players because even when you're doing great things on your turn your opponent is often getting something in return and it just it makes the game feel more fun and exciting um which i think is is great design um and i have four belligerent guards in this deck that's a lot and these are huge bodies. I mean, like, these are the biggest creatures in the deck. There are bigger creatures in other houses, but in this deck, these are these are the biggest creatures. Um, okay, so then we have Forced Retirement. It's an action. When you play it, you destroy a creature, and if you do, its controller gains one amber. Uh, yeah, this is very versatile. can do what you need when you need it. Sometimes you destroy something to gain an amber. Um, sometimes you're blowing up your opponent's stuff because it's important enough to let them have an amber. Uh, okay, next we have Mass Buyout. This is an action that says play, destroy each creature. Each player gains amber equal to half the number of creatures they control that were destroyed this way, rounded up. This is a really nice board clear. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's giving your opponent a benefit potentially, but it also could give you a benefit I think this is going to be amazingly good in decks that have, you know, tokens with good destroyed effects, which this isn't, um, but it's still, it's still a fun card and a good way to keep that board under control. Okay. And sometimes if you have some Amber control in Equidon, this can be a way to give your opponent some Amber that you're then going to steal. Okay. Trading Frenzy is an action with an amber. When you play it, a friendly creature and an enemy creature each capture three from their opponent. I found that with the belligerent guards, and those are actually my only Equidon creatures in this deck. I didn't realize that. That's kind of fun. Uh, but I realized with the belligerent guards, I could often Trading Frenzy uh, capture three on one of my you know big eight power creatures that I'm going to reap with and put three on an opponent's creature that I'm just going to immediately destroy. So it worked out really nicely. Effectively, it's get an amber capture three at that point. Uh, okay, on to unfathomable. So, uh, I'll start offering to Kilagog seems really interesting. It's uh, it's an artifact. It's a power. This one got a capture icon on it. So it has two Omni abilities, and you can only use one per turn. Um, but they're kind of interesting. So. Um, so the top one is Omni, destroy a friendly creature. If you do, choose a creature in your discard pile, place it face down under offering to kill a gog. And um, uh, this, all, first off, this is a way to destroy Gedhammer in your turn because that's an Omni ability. If you have the offering to kill a gog down already in your Brobnar turn, you can play Gedhammer and immediately pop it with the offering. Um... And there's a, another creature, there's a Camelani coming later in, in Unfathomable. So uh, that that worked out well, um, having that be an Omni ability. 
And then, so if you do destroy a friendly creature, you choose a creature in your discard pile and place it face down under Offering to Killagog. And then the second Omni ability is put each card under Offering to Killagog and to play face down as a token creature. Um, so, okay, a couple things you can do here. One is you can um, you can thin out creatures from your deck if you want to just store them under here and kind of lean harder into um, into action play and actually this would be um this this is really good tech i think against like a quixel stone because uh you're you're thinning out your deck now the second ability is omni put each card under offering to Killagog into play face down as a token creature and that's actually also good anti-quixel tech because uh quixel can't stop you from putting cards into play it only stops you from playing creatures so um now that, but that also, so that could either give you a big board all of a sudden um, for the purpose of having a big board, or it could give you a big board for the purpose of uh, firing a mass buyout or something like that, or right before you, you know, you know, bring out get hammering, you just want some, some t tokens to use, or there's a lot of options there. I think with a better token creature, this would be even better. Um, a lot of times what I found myself doing is kind of like feeding the offering and then when my opponent uh, got ahead on board and, and I was low on board, use it to get creatures back out at like, and maybe every two turns I'm just putting two tokens out. And so that ended up feeling not so great. Uh, sometimes I was, I was using the second Omni ability to put a couple tokens out to feed the outposts. Um, and I have two outposts coming here in addition to the one that I already showed you from Equidon. So um, anyway, but it's it seems very um, a very flexible setup. And so I, I really like offering to Killagog. Um, okay, let's look at, so I have two copies of this one, Azure Base and Outpost. It's an artifact, it's a location, it comes with an amber pip. And it says, action, put a friendly creature on the bottom of its owner's deck. If you do, exhaust three enemy creatures. Um, this ended up being really good. That's actually pretty powerful. And again, because you have control over what you're putting under the deck, you can get extra value out of it by playing this well. Um, you have, a, again, a card that you came out as a token, but you want to play it as itself. Tuck it under. Exhaust three enemy creatures. Um, you have a card with a good play effect. Tuck it under. <laughs> you know, um, so, so there's really nice utility to these outposts and again i don't think i've seen any of them so far that i thought oh that's not good They're, they all seem good um the equidon and unfathomable ones both seem great the bravnar one is a uh, deal six damage to a creature and that seems less powerful um so yeah the the effect if you do put a friendly creature on the bottom of its owner's deck for azure basin outpost is exhaust three enemy creatures which again is pretty good really good with sleep with the fishes uh sleep with the fishes is an action with an amber that says play destroy each exhausted creature i had a turn last night where i used both azure basin outposts to exhaust six of my opponent's creatures one was already exhausted from under pressure and i there's a thunder toe in here also so i was able to exhaust the last one and then sleep with the fishes completely wiped their board that was pretty cool uh, here's Thundertoe. It's an action with an amber that says play, exhaust two creatures, deal two damage to each exhausted creature. Uh, then we have Under Pressure. It's an upgrade with an amber that says uh, 
this creature cannot ready. Really good when you have abilities to exhaust the enemy creatures um, so that it effectively becomes this creature can't ever do anything, ever. Um, Bubbles is a 5 power Aquan with play, put an enemy creature on top of its owner's deck. That's a really nice ability, especially if, if an, a creature has uh, has gotten upgrades that you're upset about, um, destroyed effects that you don't like, use the bubbles and, and uh, make it stay away for a while. Okay. Really good unfathomable cards here. Abyssal Sight. Two copies of this. It's an action with an amber, and when you play it, you destroy a friendly creature. If you do, look at your opponent's hand and choose a card from it. That player discards that card. Often, um, I could I could use this on a, a token creature that I wasn't too worried about, um, or uh, again, that Camelani is coming in a second. You know, you use this on the Camelani, and you actually come out two creatures ahead. Um, and getting to look at your opponent's hand and discard a card, I'll just keep in mind that is that used to be anyway. I think it still is the penalty in organized play for overdrawing and looking at your hand is is this effect. Um, that's a punishment for cheating, not always intentional cheating, but for cheating. Uh, and Abyssal Sight just lets me do it um, when you haven't cheated. That that's pretty strong. Uh, okay, then we have Fathom Reaver. It's a four-power Aquan that says play, make a token creature. And while you control a token creature, your opponent refills their hand to one less card during the draw card step. Um, so like a Succubus, a little bigger, and it has that play, make a token creature ability. Seems good. Um, and if you're able to keep tokens on the board, then it really is as good as a, a um, Succubus or Streak or Fuguru or whatever. Uh, then we have Guilt Spine Netcaster, a two-power Aquan. That, that's where the, the capture enhancements came from. And it says, after reap, exhaust a creature. And lastly, we have Camelani, a four-power Aquan with destroyed, make two token creatures. And again, this is really nice when you have abilities that want to destroy a creature. And now suddenly you're turning it into a benefit. Um, so looking at this deck really quick, I think one, one thing I, I'm just now noticing, there's not a ton of creatures. There's four... Four here, so eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thir thirteen is not a high creature count. Um, now, of course, with tokens, I never felt like I was struggling to have a board, um, but that frees up a lot of the rest of the deck to be actions and and artifacts. There are a lot of artifacts in here. Couple upgrades, so um, I, I like. I tend to like low creature count decks. I, I really enjoy big board, um, but I think low creature count decks tend to be very resilient against uh, a, a lot of ways that, that opponents can come at you, and especially having a low creature count but really good board control because the creatures that are in here are, are big, mostly. Um, I feel like there's a lot of pips here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 printed amber is, is kind of a lot. That's, that's not bad. Um, and then having some good control options. Now, would I like to have a befuddled or two? Definitely. Um, but still, there are really good control options in here. Some, some uh, draw um, and... Uh, yeah, I think this is not going to be 
I think this is a solid deck, but I don't think decks like this are going to be atypical for Winds of Exchange. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff like this. At the end of the day, Grumpus was fun. I think there are better options, and, and I wish, you know, sometimes I think there are going to be a lot of decks that are great, but you just wish you could have a better token. And that might be one of the really fun things about Alliance, that you can... Um, that you can bring in the token that would you know you swap out one house and suddenly you have the token you wanted and uh and a, a much more powerful deck i expect there to be a lot of that in winds of exchange um anyway this was this was fun to play i went like i said i went three one with it lost to my daughter hard to complain about that and uh had a lot of fun um this was again day Burville, the Artisan of Defeat, uh, and I'll be opening, I'll, I'll be showing you some of the other decks that we opened uh, along the way over the next few videos. Um, I hope you enjoyed and that you'll keep watching and that you'll get out there and forge some keys.